Welcome to episode 20, and I'm going to get it right this week, Stoby. We'll, we'll not go there. <laughs> episode we'll go there. 20 of the Path Podcast. We are still here. Yeah. Apparently. And we're still carrying on past the worst of COVID, I hope. We are still emerging from lockdown. Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, it's, it's, it's a bit odd. I yeah. find even being out in a crowd or whatever a wee bit strange, <laughs> but you know, we're, we're getting there. Yeah, I, I get regular updates from Andrew from Castle View podcast um, with the Perth and Kinross numbers and they're so low now. Oh, yeah. Case numbers are so low. I think yesterday we were looking at 16 cases in the past seven days or something like that it was either awesome. 16 or 11 it was it was we're low. getting there Think, yeah. things are moving i mean hopefully this is the the start of the end um you've had your first jag i have indeed yeah i've got my first one lined up for friday so we yeah we better record all of these now in case you know, <laughs> i just don't feel like it afterwards can we just live stream you well screaming yeah, like a guy ah! <laughs> uh, no, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Look away, relax. Um, I'm sure it's fine. I've not heard anyone complain that much about it. I You're still the, here. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> it. I had the, the Pfizer um, and the injection wasn't sore and no noticeable side effects apart from my arm felt like, you know, when you get punched and dead arm, bang. That's what it felt like. And it was only if I touched it. Are so you sure you've had your jag? Are you sure the nurse didn't just go, ah, dead arm? Maybe. It's you, bang. <laughs> so, so, I mean, the workaround was don't touch. Ah, the, well, the part of my arm yeah, that's it's it. absolutely exactly. fine yeah. there should be training in that you know <laughs> it's uh, like the old joke doctor doctor it hurts when I touch here 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 and here <laughs> well, you've got a broken finger <laughs> oh dear play the music What have we got coming up in this episode then? I don't know. Oh, great. I'd, I'd like to know. Wait, now I've got it written down in front of me. Hang you on. Do yeah, yeah, right. So <laughs> I think the first thing we need to talk about is a wee bit on the negative side, but also realistic the cancellations. What, what's been cancelled? And unfortunately, yet again, Enchanted Forest have had to pull the plug. Yep. Now, I had a conversation with a friend of mine about this. Now, they have to cart people in buses to the area. They can't just, there's not enough parking. You can't park mm-hmm. there. How else you get people out? I understand their difficulty. I'm not saying that's it. I've not talked to anyone at Enchanted Forest. I'm just surmising. I get it. I totally understand yeah. where they're coming from. Uh, insurance costs, all that, probably through the roof as well for this sort of thing. I get it. Yeah, even the day-to-day logistics of setup and being COVID secure while you're setting all this up. It's just I mean, it'll be a huge hit for the area yeah. again, the hotels, the restaurants, all that sort of stuff. I, I feel for y'all, I really do. It's it's not it's not fun, it's not great. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll make it through, guys. We will, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, an event like that will return. It's not gone forever. It will be back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, it's the same with uh, the Rewind Festival. So they've announced that they will not be at Schoon Palace this year. That event has been cancelled. Yes, it has. It's gone as well. I mean, I, again, I get it. And actually, I mean, like we are saying before, I do find it a bit strange. If I walk down the high street and there's a lot of people, I'm a wee bit standoffish. I'm not as yeah. ever, you know, I'm just not comfortable. And yeah. I think social anxiety is going to be a huge issue. Could someone like Rewind put enough people through the door 
to make a profit? Yeah, well, That's the question you have to ask. Mm-hmm. And are they allowed to have enough people in that would turn a profit without each of us having to pay a thousand pound a ticket or whatever, you know, to cover the cost? Yeah. So, um, again, I, I get that one. And yeah, and, but similarly, Party at the Park are still going ahead. They've just lowered their capacity. So yeah. they were looking where it can have up to 20,000 people. They've decided to limit it to seven and a half thousand so that people can spread out and feel safe and feel secure while they're enjoying this the weekend as well. So, yeah, I mean, kudos if they can pull that off then absolutely yeah. well done let's get things rolling again folks you know that'd be a, I, it'd be a great to be there um, and and just get something going that they can do I mean mm-hmm. when I went to and it's not in the area sorry I'll apologise for that now when I went to uh, the Wondrous Woods so last year I went to the Wondrous Woods which was an event near uh, the bridges at Hopetown House and it was fantastic and it was spaced out and the way it was all laid out, it was really easy to hold a light effect like it was. So think Enchanted Forest, but in a, a more um, open area, I mm-hmm. suppose. You're not stuck in one little thin path. The, the, the paths were quite wide and everyone was going around in a one-way system without ever crossing paths. Uh, and, and it was heaving because people were desperate to go out and do something. And I think this will be the same. When all this stuff opens up again, people will be tripping over each other to, to go and do these things. And yeah. If part in the park can do that, at this stage, I I've, I can only hope it can go ahead for them. I, you know, fingers crossed for them, make it happen. It'd yeah. be incredible to see something like that Absolutely. go ahead. Um, and the Highland Games as well. So the Highland Games are still, Perth Highland Games, are, they're holding off. They've not cancelled mm-hmm. yet. They're still trying to, to pull something off. Hopefully that can go ahead as well. And again, same idea. It's at Schoon Palace. There's a big field. How much room, you know, do you know what I mean? It all depends on what's happened. Have we spiked again? Are there variants going about? How, uh, they can only assess at the time. Of course, you have to pull the plug at some point because insurance and all that will take over and go, is this going ahead or not? Yeah. And I get that. So again, fair enough. But actually, shall we move on to something a bit more positive? Yeah, absolutely. So the yard, and for those who've listened to every episode, they know we love the yard. And we went to last year, we went to one of their events and it was just brilliant. Yeah, that, that what did I have? Pizza? And, yeah. was it, no, was no it, I, I had, had the a, pizza. You had the pizza, I had the uh, burger. And yeah. it, oh, pulled pork. I was, was drooling amazing. over that pizza for a while. Uh, but the whole, that whole idea that, you know, they've got an outside area, it's quite large. They've got plenty of space uh, indoors. Leave the doors open, it's freezing as we learned that day. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the actual thing itself, really welcoming, really friendly, great stuff going on. So the yeah. yard reopen on there. 23rd of May. 23rd so they, of May. they've got their, their event 23rd of May from midday onwards. So they'll have more than 40 stalls from local creatives. Um, they'll also have wood-fired pizza from Phonab Farm Foods. Uh, that was almost a bit of a tongue twister for me there. <laughs> I managed to. Uh, there'll be speciality coffee and artisan pastries provided by Coffee Waves. It's on, so yeah, like I said, 12 till 4. Right. Dogs and kids are free, so you don't have to tie up either of them outside. Oh, right, right. Um, adults. Is that optional though? Can you tie the kids I, up? I, I, I mean, so. the dogs, yeah, yeah, you just, can tie yeah, them up. That's fine. Okay. Um, adult entry is £2. So even now, that's ah, nothing. That's great. You know? Um, get the house for a while and actually, you know, start to mingle with people a wee bit as well, you know. Get used yeah, to it, absolutely. I like it. I and like it. they've got their, their amazing canopy-covered seating area as well, oh. which which really helped us because the lie. day we were there, it was raining. Yeah, it was, yeah. When you said canopy, I'm like, oh, food. Oh, wait, the other kind of canopy, <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, like I say, it's the 23rd, so it's a couple of weeks away. Brilliant. So. Yeah, so that, that, I think that'll be really good. Get down there, folks. Check out their uh, Facebook page. 
which Stoby's going to look up and tell you what the address is now. If you look up the yard on Facebook, you'll, you'll find oh, it. You'll recognise the symbol. I know, but I, I'm using the app, so the oh, app doesn't have man. the... Um, I'll Google it for you, will I? Aye, please do. The, the yard, Perth. Jeez, can't get the staff. <laughs> so it is literally facebook.com, the yard, Perth. There we go. Slash the yard, Perth. Could have figured it out. Check them out. Get all the up-to-date information there. 26th of May, get down there. 23rd of May. 23rd of May, that's what I kind of said. We 23rd of May, get down there. <laughs> Just testing your listeners. Which is three days before the 26th, so there you go. That's good. <laughs> <sighs> Which is important because... I don't know. That's fine. It's just another day and another day I've got wrong, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've we've had a guest. I'd say in, but we've had a guest on more than in because yep. uh, we're still distancing and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, so we tell us a bit about who we had in this time. So this one was me flying solo again. Um, I had Sharon Thomas from Lighthouse for Perth who tell telling us all about or telling me all about who they are, what they do and most importantly, I would say, is how to get in touch. Okay. It's it's a service for mental health. Um, so it is important that you know how to get in touch with these if you need them. And not be afraid to either, of course. Absolutely. And no that is one ask. of the things that's one of the things we talk about is just that getting in touch, stepping through the door is bravery. Yeah. It's absolutely. not giving up, it's not anything right. else, it's bravery. So we talk about that. Um just to be advised, there is talk of suicide in this episode. Okay. Um so just for people out there to be aware of that. Um there is a bit of talk about suicide as well. But without any further ado do you mean our, our dribble, uh, dribbling? Is that yeah, yeah, no without, more dribbling? Without yeah, more yeah. of our garbage well, nonsense. Let's, let's let Sharon get, talk some sense. Yeah, let's get to the good stuff. So I'm joined today by Sharon Thomas, who is part of Lighthouse for Perth. Uh, firstly, Sharon, thanks for being on the show. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Um, so just going to jump straight to it. Um, firstly, tell us a bit about yourself, You know your background and how you got involved in Lighthouse for Perth as well. Yeah, so my background um, was actually in psychology. Uh, I did work down south in Basingstoke for six years um, with what was classed then as the disaffected. So, And it was mainly kids, like 16 to 21-year-olds that I worked with. But then we relocated back to Scotland and kind of accidentally ended up working in the bank <laughs> for 15 right. years. Yeah. <laughs> so, but... In the last couple of years, I have thought I would really like to get back to doing what I was trained to do and started doing some youth work with an organisation in Kinross, Kaith. So that's Kinross Youth Enterprise. And it really opened my eyes to what I really wanted to get back and do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was volunteering there for about a year and I decided, yeah, definitely need to get back to doing this. Seen an opportunity for the, the lighthouse we're looking for a manager. Um, it was really good opportunity because they were just setting up this new service. So it was very much a blank sheet that I could come in and work with. Right, yep. And I've been here ever since. The, the rest <laughs> is history. It's, it's The last year has just been um, a whirlwind. We have been so busy. We have the, the service has taken off so quickly. We've got new premises. Um, so, yeah, I'm doing exactly what I, I wanted to do. That's, that's great to hear as well, because the worst thing you want to hear is, oh, you know, there was a job, I applied for it, I got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. No. It's not the kind of job that you would go into unless you really wanted to do it. It's, that's true, yeah. It's, it's um, Emotionally, it's, it's, it's a really hard job, yeah. 
Yeah. So then that, I guess that leads us into tell us what Lighthouse for Perth is then. Yeah. So we're a non-profit um, organisation who provide crisis support for people who are struggling with their mental health, particularly suicide and self-harm. Now, there was it was recognised quite a while back that there was a severe lack of out of our support in Perth and Kinross. So originally we set up to fill that gap and set up an out of hours crisis support line, which we have done. So on a Friday and Saturday evening, from eight pm right through till two am in the morning, we have um, our trained volunteers online and on the phone line. And they, anybody who's in crisis can ring up and get immediate help. We get really um, confronting calls. We get people who are phoning and they're contemplating taking their life. Um, they're, they're actually sometimes they are in a situation where they may be standing on a bridge or or sitting there with tablets. Um, so really severely at the, the, the top end of crisis. And our volunteers mm-hmm. who are all fully trained in uh, suicide prevention and mental health first aid will um, talk to them. Sometimes it can take a couple of hours to, to deal with one person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, but they, if they keep them safe, um, and then that's them kept safe for another day. It obviously doesn't solve the problem, but that's where our, our day service then um, took off as well. So we found that even these people, people were reaching out for help. We may keep them safe that night, but the, the crisis hasn't gone away. Yeah. And we found that we were having to follow them up during the day. And our day service then just automatically fell into place. So we're now fully operational during the day as well as our crisis out of hours um, at night. And that, that's, that's great to hear as well because that's like the, the full care package in a way because you, you've got that, like you say, you've got that follow-up as well because you, you're right, you might talk them out of that day. But that hasn't made the problems go away. It hasn't made the, the pressures go away. Um, so helping them beyond that is is remarkable. And that's where your, your I guess, your premises comes in as well, because a lot of the work you do, as well as face-to-face, like you said, isn't it? So that really yeah. helps as well. Yeah. When we first started out, we just had a flat. It was in a residential area, actually. Um, and it was maybe, it was just a, like an office space, just somewhere we could start to get the service up and running. Mm-hmm. We were very lucky that the National Lottery got behind us and, and gave us some money for a start-up fund. And Foundation Scotland also um, gave us some financial backing. And very quickly, we were able to uh, build up all our, our, everything that we needed, like all our office equipment, resources that we needed. And we then were invited by um, Anchor House Services, who were just about to embark on a new project in the Nuke in Perth, which is a mental health crisis centre. It's very mm-hmm. much a flagship crisis centre, which come the 1st of April will be 24-7 with emergency accommodation. And they thought it would be a really good idea if we had all the mental health services that we could under the one roof. So they invited us um, to come in and share their office space. So we now are based in here. Um, so the Nuke is a whole amazing, amazing building. As I say, and we've got more than one organisation in here. And it means that people come in and we can refer within each other. We can get the help on the day. We're not saying to them, right, well, I need to refer you elsewhere. And that'll be a, a week wait. We, we're under the one roof. Andy's Man mm-hmm. Club use um, our space here as well for their meetings and the women's wellbeing and their peer support groups. So if we can get somebody through their crisis but they need ongoing peer support, we can then refer them on to those organisations and, again, still all under the one roof. 
So the space we've got here now is amazing. Um, we have it's it very much has became a flagship crisis centre. We have a sensory room. People come in; they have underlying conditions. So the sensory room means that they can feel much more at ease. We have another interview room. Uh, we have a massive space with a kitchen and a lounge because we deal with age 12 plus. Now, there's not yeah. a lot of organisations deal with that age. And sometimes taking a, a 12, 13-year-old into a, an interview room, even with the sensory room, and sitting down having a face-to-face talk, it's not the best way to get them to open up. Yeah. So because we've got the facilities here, we can take them in, maybe do a bit of baking. We had somebody in last week making pancakes. Mm-hmm. And you would not believe how much a young person can open up over an activity. Yeah. And they'll really start to get that trust in them. We've got game stations here, which were kindly donated. Um, so they might sit and open up to you while you're sitting playing on a PlayStation or a, an Xbox. So, so we've got everything here for all the age groups. Um, and it, re- it really is becoming a flagship centre, which other people from other areas are now looking and saying, oh, we'd like we'd like a nuke where we are. Yeah, uh, and I love the idea that, you know, you guys have all come together and you've got similar services, but they are distinct as well. Like you say, Andy's Man Club and the Women's Wellbeing Club, they're peer support, they're, you know, shared experiences and Andy's Man Club, I've, we've spoke about them many times and it's like they call each other brother, you know, it's that kind of, that love and respect for each other, yeah. um, which you can't always give with a, a service um, like yourself, like Lighthouse, but again, at the same time, you've got that kind of, I guess you've got that kind of mentor relation, something there. And so you're filling the gaps, like you say, that it is, it's fantastic to, to hear. Now, one of the things you told me before was that when you were talking about the youth mental health, the 12 plus, you are sadly seeing a marked increase in referrals since COVID began. So yeah. what what's your thoughts on this first? So it's a bit, it's too early for research to actually have proved that it's linked to COVID. But mm-hmm. certainly I think they'll find it when they do do that research, they will see a link. Because we have been faced with, after the first lockdown and the schools went back in August, we were then inundated with referrals from the, the high schools in the area. Right. Some people, some of them had never had a mental health issue before and suddenly they were struggling with anxiety, couldn't even get out the door to get to school. Um, we had people as young as 12 who were having suicidal ideation and self-harming. People think, oh, the, the youth, they're fine. They've got social media. They, they, love, they love their social media. But they have been severely affected by the lack of physical interaction. Everything has been taken away from them. Their way of life. Now, I know that's, mm-hmm. it's for, that's across the board. That everybody in the community has been affected. But say you take somebody at, at 50, although well, the last year of their life has been affected, but one year out of a 50-year-old's life is nowhere is the same impact as one year out of a 13-year-old's life. Yeah. I mean, they, they just can't see any way out of it. How is it going to ever get better? When the second lockdown came, then it was just like, well, this isn't going to go on forever and ever now, so what's the point? And we, we really found a lot of young people struggling so badly that we had to then take on additional training for our staff to deal with it. So we've now got our staff trained in CBT, that's um, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy, mm-hmm. um, and trauma-informed practice. We've been um, trained in that also, um, child psychology. 
because what we're been what we're dealing with on a on a regular basis is kids who are really really in crisis. We've also seen an unfortunate increase in this area through Perth and Kinross with um, young people taking their life. And there has been a, a few marked suicides recently, mm-hmm. particularly young males. And again, it's too early for the research because the research is usually about a year or two behind events. But it will be um, interesting to see how that research pans out because we definitely, back in October, we had a, a particular weekend where three males, um, three young males from the Perth area um, all took their life. Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. one weekend. So it was really devastating for the community. But as I say, that's it's the reality of what we're facing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we can work with these young people at an early intervention stage and save them, stop them from getting to that suicidal stage, then it's great. I mean, one success story I can tell you about is um, a young lad referred to us who was really struggling when the schools went back. Now, this, this young lad was a, a straight-A student. He was sporty. He, was, he had his whole life in front of him. He could have picked anything he wanted to go on and do. Mm-hmm. And lockdown affected him, his mental health, so severely. He, he couldn't get through the day. He was struggling to just get it by day by day. So we had him in here on a weekly basis, and we worked with him, and we got him to manage his condition and got him to a space where he actually felt in such a good space that he started coming in here on a Friday morning and doing a bit of volunteering with us at our breakfast club before he went into school. And actually went on and and achieved a Saltire Award, um, which is signed off by the Scottish Government, um, for his volunteering with us. (laughs) And it was just just amazing. And his his mum, like, we thanked her when she um, was instrumental in getting a donation made to us from a source. And we said thanks. She went, no, thank you. She said, you have gave me back my son. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, that still chokes me up, like those words that she said. Um, she says even even his cheeky banter and, and it, it, she just, she'd lost him. Like there was just a shell there. Yeah. And, and she, she says, my son is back now. So it's, it's moments like that that make this job so worthwhile, even with the tragedy you need to deal with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I, reaching out to you guys in the first instance is just that one little step is all it needs. The same with the, the, the Andy's Man Club, you know, stepping through the doors for the first time. You just need that one little step. Um, and sometimes people need to help to identify that and help someone else make that first step. So they need, they need to be able to see. So do you do anything like that? Do you do, like, in these cases, do you ever work with the parents as well? Yes. Yeah. So, right. so we, do, we do offer support to whole families. Um, we're currently working with a few families um, who are dealing with the grief of losing um, their, their sons to, who had um, died by suicide. But we're also dealing with, with families who it's, it's a, they don't know how to deal with the, the kids that are struggling. So mm-hmm. just this morning yeah. I've had a mum on and she's saying, oh, my daughter's self-harming, I, I don't know how to deal with it. The daughter's not asking for the help, but the parent is. Mm-hmm. So we say, right, okay. We we reach out to them through the parent in the first instance because it's their parent, they trust their parent. Yes. And then see, and, and no matter what it takes to get them in here for that first visit, they may need to come with a parent um, and a guidance teacher or somebody else from a youth organisation that they're working with. 
And that first day that they come in here, we let them know just how brave they've been to do that. To make that yes. first step, it's amazing that they've come in and we make it as comfortable as possible for that first visit, just so that they can see, look, it's not actually scary in here. It's a really mm-hmm. nice space. No, and and once they're in and they, they see it, it's not it's it's not like an office environment. Like they go in the sensory room and they can have the music on and the different lights lighting on, and they think, you know what, I love it in here. Mm-hmm. And, but that first step getting them in. So we do need to work with the parents. The schools that have in the local area have been great working with us with that as well. Um, the the especially the guidance and the intervention officers in the school, they they are a really good connection between us and the kids. Um, and quite often they are instrumental in bringing the kids here for their first meeting. And after that, the kids are more than happy to come themselves. And I, I guess one of the things you said there that kind of hit me was that first coming, th- you know, coming for that first day is it's bravery. It's not cowardice. It's not admitting defeat. It's bravery. Oh, it's it's so simple amazing. as that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that's possibly a mindset you need to battle against as well sometimes. Because I know, I mean, we're, we're a lot more aware nowadays as a society about mental health issues and um, what help is out there. But when I was growing up, you know, it, it just wasn't a thing anyone talked about. And I'm, I'm not that old. I'm only 35. But it just wasn't a thing that, you know, we talked about. You just had the, the quiet kid or, you know, and things like that. So it is, it's good. So, yeah, you are seeing an increase in referrals. But in a way, that's a positive because you're seeing people identifying the issues as well? Yes, definitely. The more busier we are, then that means that the more the word is getting out there, that there is help here. And so yes. we are more than happy for our door to be going like nonstop. Um, because and, and it, we get kind of two different lots of clients coming through. We've got your clients who have maybe had to deal with a life event. Um, so one thing's happened that's put them into that crisis. Mm-hmm. We can help them come to terms with that one thing and put them back on, on a good, even keel. But more and more, we're seeing a lot more people coming to us with chronic crisis. So right. because of underlying mental health issues, they just go from one crisis to another crisis, to another crisis. They may be on medication. That's the medical side of it. I mean, we are not medical in any way. Um, we complement the medical side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, complement it to the, the extent that we even now take referrals from um, PRI, Murray Royal, Nine Wells. Um, so, so for that side of it, they even refer people to us. So the recognition that the service is now here, and being third sector as well, we've been blown away by the networking between other agencies, statutory and non-statutory, that are reaching out to our service, um, and also helping us tackle the stigma around about mental health. I mean, some people won't even say the word suicide. Mm-hmm. the stigma that's still associated with it. So we have a rule in here in our office. We say it. We use that word because that's what's happening. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's almost a statement of fact. In a way, I guess it kind of takes the, the fear element off the word as well so that it helps people open up about it and talk about it. Um, and yeah, it is such a big deal. Uh, it's such a big issue. Um with that yeah the the referrals part as well so i'd never thought about this before but i spoke to a couple of guys from andy's man club a couple of years ago and one of the things they had said was you know police are calling us when they've got a situation to deal with they're calling us or they're referring people to us and i was like that's that's brilliant 
you know, it's it's not like, well, we can't because you're not NHS or anything like that. It's they're using these services. They're yeah, it's it's fantastic to hear that networking side of things is going on. Um, yeah, we've we've well. actually built a really good relationship up with our local community police officers here. Um and they really value our service greatly. Um so it's great. We have a great working relationship with them. Because they've said, like, sometimes in a shift, 80% of their call-outs can be mental health-related. And it ties up so much of their time. And sometimes they've got to take somebody, maybe all the way up to Dundee, only to be assessed and, they, and found that they don't need to be admitted. And then they're left with them and they're like, well, where do we take them? So when we go 24-7 in here, which is the anchor house side of it, which is going to be running the 24-7 side, the emergency beds we've got here, that's exactly what these that's for. Sometimes if we can take somebody out of the situation they're in and just keep them in a nice, safe environment overnight, that can de-escalate greatly the situation that they're in. And it yeah. can save them having to be admitted to a psychiatric ward where they may then be in there for at least a week just for monitoring. And, and then that can sometimes escalate the issues for them. But certainly as a place for those, those wards, they do have a a big part to play, but there is a great area in between where they, some people don't need to be admitted there, and that's mm-hmm. that gap where we're hoping to help you fill along with the anchor house services at Nuke. It is fantastic, it really is, and I'm learning a lot because I'd heard the word Nuke, and you know, I'd heard about Lighthouse and the different clubs, but I didn't realise exactly how it all works. So it is, it's great to hear this. Where is the Nuke based? Well, we're in St Paul Square. So right. just right next to the, the church that's been revamped at the moment. Um, what, so we're, so we're, we're ideal. We're in the city centre, mm-hmm. very accessible, but we're also just discreet because you just have to come up and turn off um, at the square just to get in. So it just gives people that confidentiality when they're entering the building. Um, yeah. Great. We, you couldn't pick a better spot to put it. It really is no. an amazing spot. And that's that's just another thing I never thought about. Actually, it's just even like you know the the subtlety of entering the building, because um, if it was like situated where the theatre is, for example, you know, and you've got that big archway, then everyone would see you going in. But no, exactly. there, there is that that element of subtlety with that. No, that that's and it again, does help, it does yeah. help with that first visit as well. Like they can see, mm-hmm. no, it's it's a it's very local, easy to get to, but it is you have got that. Um, your dignity in as well, like no, because you might not want somebody to know that you're coming here, and that's fine. So, just I know we've we've talked about it a little bit, but just what what have been the sort of the main sort of practical challenges you guys have faced in the last twelve months with the lockdowns, with COVID, with regards to a service that works at least half the time on a face to face, if not more, on a face to face basis. So we had so a how, day to launch our service in March, and we had a open right. day on the Saturday. And they locked us down on the Monday. Oh, so no. straight away we were like, oh, we, we could see it coming and we, we knew, do you know what, we're going to have to work with this. Mm-hmm. Because we knew it would also affect people's mental health, the lockdown. So more importantly, that they were, we were up and running. So certainly our out-of-hour service, which is telephone and online chat, has was is absolutely fine because that's online. But yeah. day-to-day stuff, we had to... So depending on the situation, we do a risk assessment and where we have been able to, we'll do maybe a Zoom call or do telephone calls. But we have continued face-to-face where we where we need to. Some people can't handle not having the face-to-face. 
because of the because we are in the the mental health uh, sector, we were um, given permission to continue to work. So it just meant that we had to. Um, it cost us a bit more money. We had to put more stuff in place, uh, or like all the PPE stuff that we that we have. We mm-hmm. had to look at our practices to make sure that um, and the coming in the building was safe. Everybody was recorded coming in and out. We slightly um, changed the times. Like usually our one to one is for an hour, so we had to change the times to forty five minutes so that we could have more time in between each one for deep cleaning the rooms. Right. Yeah. Um, so it it had its challenges. But it didn't stop us. Um, there was, I mean, we do 12 plus. There's no limit on age limit on our service. And we did mm-hmm. have a few clients back then who were in their 80s. So, of course, they were also putting shielding just to add to it. And oh, of course. A, a, one situation where um, we had one elderly lady who had just lost her husband, tragically had died. Um, but it had been quite traumatic for her because he had died in front of her. Right. So, normally, you would say to her, right, well, no, you need to go into your networks and, and your wee clubs that you go to. Everything shut down. Everything shut down at the same time. So she was completely isolated in her house on her own, um, under shielding. Couldn't even have any family visiting. Like, and she was really, really struggling. Um, and was at a crisis point with her, um, having suicidal thoughts. So that that was really challenging because we knew that we could not do face to face with her being shielding. So we had mm-hmm. to do this by telephone and trying to give her stuff to do as well. But j- just wee things like um, Schoon Palace donated us some some plants because obviously they weren't opened and we were able to take them up and she had a lovely garden. So we'd leave them in the doorstep and then walk back and ring her from a distance and say, right, give some plants. And she's like, oh, this is great. And it, it, it gave her something to do for It kept her busy for the next month just with all the plants we were able to give her. <laughs> and just gave her a focus and it's something yep. to focus on and a contact, somebody there. She knew we were there if she needed us. And, and we got her through that and we got her to a, to a good, safe place. Um, so, so yeah, it, the challenges were there, but we, we just worked with them. We just we just overcame them one at a time as, as we were faced with them. That's, that's perfect, just adapting. Uh, it's really nice to hear. And just a simple story, like a lot of people wouldn't think plants, know. you know, but just things like that, it just gives someone something to do and that can help them. And even knowing that you guys were there as well would have been a big help, I imagine. Yeah, she, yeah, she knew that. she just had to lift the phone and there would be somebody here for her. Yeah. yeah. Um, so some people listening might be thinking, this sounds great, I, I maybe don't have the time to get involved with Lighthouse, but I'd love to help out in some way. Is there any way people can support Lighthouse if they, if they can't uh, sign up as a volunteer? Like donations? Or, yeah. yeah. So you can donate to us. In fact, at the moment, we're doing a million for March. So I'm actually taking part in that. <laughs> we're doing a million steps in March. Right. Um, and that's a fundraiser. So it's on Just Giving. So they'll find that on the Lighthouse Just Giving or on our Facebook page. Right, okay. But we've also got a, a, a donate button on our Facebook page, so anybody can donate at any time. And yes, any money that does come into the charity goes directly to back into our services so that we can reach more people. Um, so yeah, the just given that we've got for a million for March, if anybody out there wants to donate to it, we'd be really grateful. The, this community has blown me away with their support. The Lighthouse wouldn't operate without the volunteers we've got. Mm-hmm. We've got almost 20 volunteers from this local community through Perth and Kinross 
they give up their evenings, weekends, sitting here at two o'clock in the morning, and they are what the lighthouse is all about. Our volunteers, they do this for for free. They they they, they never cease to amaze me. Um, the work they put in here, the training, because it's not just like volunteering, like oh, um, like when you go and help out somewhere, they've got to be trained. Our volunteers mm-hmm. undergo a lot of training here, and again, they do that in their own time. Uh, so, so yeah, this this community, I I just cannot thank them enough. Not just for their donations, because we have like like the volunteers first and foremost. Even local companies contact us and, and say, "Oh, can we make a donation? Can can we do this for you? What can we do?" The, there's not one week goes by that we don't take in a donation from um, individuals or companies or families who've been bereaved who re- uh, recognise the service that we have provided or could provide to others to, to save them been through what they've been through every week. Um, and but we're putting that money straight back into your resources, so we do need to keep it like as a steady flow coming in. Um, mm-hmm. because we're just we're probably as busy as we thought we would maybe get to in about five years time oh wow okay that's how fast we have grown yeah yeah and, and that's that's good to hear as well that you know you've been able to keep up with that yeah massive increase in demand um so now that i mean that, that's been fantastic is there anything else about lighthouse you want to mention uh no, I don't think so. As I said, I think the only other thing that I was going to mention was our just giving that's currently running. Um, if anybody wanted to donate to it, um, yep. So, and we're we're going to reach a million steps way before the end of March. But that will oh, stop us. We're going to keep on. Um, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll just see what we get to. But we reckon that we not to get ahead of ourselves, but we might even hit the two million by the end of the month. So, wow. That's, that's incredible. Well. Yeah. <laughs> it's good for your mental health. So it's making me mm-hmm. go away from my desk at lunchtime and go for a walk and walk to work and walk home. And so, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I've talked about that on many episodes. I think now the fact that walking, just, just walking has really helped me through lockdown as well. Um, and it's given something, given us something to do, like me and my family as well. Um, so it's not something to be underestimated. Oh, it really clears your mind, isn't it? And it costs nothing. Mm-hmm. And anybody yep. can do it. And no matter, even with the lockdown, you were allowed out for your exercise. So that's one thing you could always do. Um, yep, absolutely. Um, so just one last thing. Um, and this is, <laughs> you said this might be the trickiest question of the lot for you. Um, but we always ask, if a tourist arrived in Perth and asked you what one thing they had to do or one thing they had to see or place to go, what would you say to them? So I'm probably a wee bit biased here, but I would say to them, pop down and have a look at the nuke. (laughs) (laughs) It's in a Friday morning when it's not locked down because then you'll even get a bacon roll and a coffee because we like to run a wee breakfast club on a Friday. And is the breakfast club open to anyone? Yes, anybody. So we find find that some people don't need one-to-one support, but that wee pick-me-up at the end of the week, setting them up for the weekend. So they come in and, and we, we can sometimes have like 10, 15 people just all having a chat and having a bacon roll, cup of tea. Uh, and it just sets them up for the weekend because sometimes weekends can be the hardest for people. Um, yeah. They don't have their jobs to go to. It's, it's, they feel more cut off, more time in their hands. And and that was a great success. Obviously, with lockdown at the moment, we've had to put it on hold. Mm-hmm. But that will definitely be starting back up. Um, yeah. Apart from that, I would say the... The bridges at night when they're lit up in Perth are just a sight to behold. 
They are, especially now that they're doing all the different colours for the different events as well. You know, like they were blue and white at the weekend there. Oh, for the uh, for Saints, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. No, that's true. I mean, the two is kind of a a nice sort of picturesque feature of Perth for sure. And the the Uh, North Inch and the South Inch, like just for going for a walk. I don't think, I think because you live here, you take it for granted, but it mm -hmm. is an amazing space that, and and especially because it's a city, to have those outdoor spaces in a city that you can walk around and sit on the benches, it's it's a great place to be. Yeah, absolutely. And that is, like you say, the fact it's a city, but a five-minute walk and you're suddenly in this massive, massive, like, area of, like, just just grass and pitches and a walking path and uh, parks and sports. You know, suddenly it's next to a river. It's it's beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. Really lovely walk round about here. So yeah, yeah. yeah and, and they bridges when they're lit up for and it's a good talking point. Every time they're lit up for different colours, you're like, Oh, what's that for? No. We had them lit up yeah. for recovery week we, we took part in in partnership with the ADP, the Alcohol Drugs Project and, and other organisations. Um so so yeah, they've been really good at lighting them up for us as well. So yeah. we're hoping in May we do our, our walk with the artists into light. And that's right. usually it's, it's to remember the people that's been um, lost, um, who's who's died by suicide, mm-hmm. uh, and we get the hopefully have the bridges lit up with the green and yellow of the lighthouse for that for that weekend as they did last. Ah, uh, okay, yep. Oh, that's that's really nice. Um, have you got a planned date for that this year or not well, yet? It will definitely be in May. Um, right. We're still looking at it. Tracy Swan, who organises that, um, is obviously looking to see what the restrictions are going to be around that time. Mm-hmm. Because the obviously sometimes it can be quite a gathering because they like candles and things. So they depend on what the restrictions are, but something will take place. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. Um, and once you know, you'll put it on the social media, and we'll make a point of sharing that as well. Hopefully. Oh yeah, our, our social media has been has been so useful for us. Um, we, so you but you'll always find anything that's going on on there. Uh, we, we are amazed by the, the, the reach that the social media does for such a... I mean, because we're a local charity, we're Perth and mm-hmm. Um and it's not unusual for us to put a post out and it, for it to reach 30,000 people within two days. That's how many people <laughs> we get. So it's, it blows us away, yeah. That's amazing, yeah. Um, Sharon, you, you've been brilliant. Thanks for this. It's been a... It's been educational for me, certainly. Um, and it's it's been a great chat. I really appreciate your time coming on here. So thanks for that. Oh, thank you for it. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. It's, it's good that we get the word out there about the lighthouse and so that people know that there is help there if they need it. So thank and you. And that's it. Yeah. Um, so just final thing then, if people are needing help, do you have the, the phone number there? Um, yeah. So we have a free phone number. So mm-hmm. anybody can ring us on 0800 121. 4820. They can also message us through um, Messenger Facebook. And as I say, our Friday and Saturday night, we are our phones are live and our messengers live from 8 at night right through to 2 in the morning. And then during the week, we're here all, all day during the week, but they can contact us. But even outside those hours, if they send us a message through the Messenger um, or leave a message, somebody will always get back to them um, as soon as they can. Right, perfect. Yeah, no, that that's that's great. Anyway, thanks again, Sharon. Really You're appreciate welcome. that. And hopefully, we'll have you on in the future. Talk more about what you've been up to. Thanks, David. So, another news. Did you see Jim Fairley's been elected? 
Farmer Jim Fairley. No. Ah, SMP, local candidate. Aye. He went for it, yeah. Oh. So Jim Fairley, um, quite well known for his burgers, of course. He breeds his own cattle and all that Sick sort of stuff. That, he makes yeah. his own burgers. You'll normally see him at things like uh, the events. Remember events when they happened? Do you yeah. Remember yeah. Those? yeah. Uh, so when they happened in Perth, Jim was normally not far behind with his big, I want to say green, but I can't remember. My memory's not great at the moment. Uh, <laughs> big van, you know, lovely staff, feeding you his grown beef burgers, absolutely fantastic. Uh, so he's been elected to SMP. Oh, so cool. there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Good Just on a you. little bit, snippet of information for you there. Random. Uh, which I'm sure everyone will know by now. So there we go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that that's kind of, is that us? Is there anything more that we want to say? Just another massive thanks to Sharon for being on the show. Oh, and was, yeah, a bit of apologies. Fun. The interview was recorded early March. Life got in the way. No. <laughs> so, and we had a bit of a back catalogue to get out as well. So, we're getting there. We so, are getting there. So, yeah, when, when she talks about things that happened last month, I, I, I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, from our perspective as well, though, things are starting to happen again. And actually, the, the podcast has become, you know, there's a point in the podcast again. I think for a while we sort of lost our mm-hmm. vision because it had been taken away from us by COVID. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we're starting to get there again, folks. So, yeah, definitely subscribe. Check us out on Facebook, The Perth Podcast. Yep. FCPod.net. Get on there and check out the other podcasts in the area. Uh, and yeah, get in touch. If you know someone that you know needs featured on here or you think someone did interview really well, get them to get in touch with us and we'll see what we can do. Yeah, absolutely. Apart from that, are we, are we done? Can we, 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 are can we done. go home now? Yeah, well, no. No, no, we can't. We've got more to record. More to record. <laughs> but they don't know that. The viewers don't know that. Listeners, viewers, people listening. We love you either way. So that's it. Subscribe. Listen more. We'll catch you next time.